You're now entering the very world of Milton Jones. Good evening, I'm Milton Jones. You see, when the boys in the playground found out that I had a potentially fatal allergy to peanuts, they used to shove me up against a wall and make me play Russian roulette with a bag of revels. <laughs> I always remember my father saying to me, Sen, to pay for your education, your mother and I are to make a lot of sacrifices. Because uh, they were both uh, druids. <laughs> I learned the English language by being locked in a room with a box full of records. It wasn't easy, but if I had to do the same again, I would, my friend. <laughs> Fernando. <laughs> so here I am then. Falling through the air, without a parachute, thousands of feet above the former Yugoslavia. How did I get here? What's going on? What was that? All oh, right, thanks. <laughs> my life begins to flash before my eyes. Oh, let's call him Milton. Someone's recorded over it. <laughs> now anyone who looks at my life will think that I only lived for half an hour on Tuesday and Thursday evenings. <laughs> the light is fading. Now it's dark. All I can hear is the sound of my own voice. And mine. Who are you? I suppose you could say I'm your guardian angel. I don't care which newspaper sponsors you. <laughs> no, you see, I appear when you're in peril. Right now... You're about to splat into the ground at a hundred miles an hour. So you can help me escape? Oh, no. But I can make it more fun. <laughs> you see, I can slow down time while I review the tape of your life with you. To prepare it for the great library in the sky. Hang on, hang on. What do you mean, great library in the sky? The great library in the sky TV multimedia archive. <laughs> they bought the rights to everyone's history. But my tape's been wiped over. No, don't worry, I've got a copy. I taped over Jim Davidson's. Good. <laughs> we'll go through everything that you've ever done, or could have done. Think of me as a kind of Sue Lawley, or the woman who presents Heart of the Matter. Ah, that Bakewell tart. <laughs> What's your first record? Record? Yes, you get to have some last requests Oh, well, my last record would have to be The Sleepy Lagoon Played by the London Symphony Orchestra Conducted by Charles McCarris <laughs> No, sorry, you can't have that one, it's too confusing <laughs> Oh? Now, I've been given the power to show you what did happen, or indeed what could have happened to you in any given situation with any person from the whole of history. Well, if I were to say, what was it like to be a Jehovah's Witness in Anglo-Saxon oh, Britain? Here, here it is, here it is. I've got it. Right, hang on. Hi. Uh, hello. Would you like a watchtower? Oh, yes, please. Really? <laughs> I'm not sure this has happened before. But, uh... Are you sure? Yeah, a watchtower. Smashing. Useful for early warning of Viking raids. Been meaning to get one for a while, actually. Yeah, nice and tall, are they? What have you got? Stone? Wood? Flax? <laughs> no, it's a paper. Paper watchtower? Sounds rubbish. What if it rains? How do I explain? I don't know any Anglo-Saxon words. Well, I know a couple, but they won't be relevant right now. <laughs> Can I go now? Hey, 
listening to Milton Jones, his life, his times, his last horrific death plunge. <laughs> mm, didn't like that much. Oh, sorry, you chose it. You should stick to things that really happened. All right. The other day, I dropped my bounty bar down a drain. Milton's Paradise Lost. <laughs> Do you mind? I'm supposed to be doing the flashbacks. Sorry. Right, so here you are then. You're falling through the air without a parachute thousands of feet above the former Yugoslavia. Yeah. Let's look back and see how you ended up in this position. Let's go back to 1973. Ah, 1973. The three-day week. Being at nursery seems such a long time ago. <laughs> Did you enjoy your time there? No, it was very difficult for a child to sell gardening equipment. <laughs> There were tulips from Holland, cacti from America, gladioli from Australia, all side by side on my keyboard. Oh, Lord, why can't we? Yeah, but I, I, I was talking about when you were at school. It, it says here that you weren't always understood. Miss? Miss? Yes? Miss? Yes? What is it? Oh, nothing. I'm just playing battleships. <laughs> I remember inviting a friend home, and I said, just to show off, Hey, Mum, get us some tea, and then I clicked my fingers. Then she clipped me around the ear. I said, didn't hurt. Then she smacked me around the legs. I said, still didn't hurt. Then she did a flying drop kick. <laughs> then I began to realise that now she was showing off. <laughs> I don't blame her. You see, her parents have been involved in the martial arts film industry. As a child, she'd been very badly dubbed. It used to affect her quite a lot. Milton! Milton! Get up from your bed! Put your uniform on! Oh, Mum! your father? I suppose he was typically English. Dad, our dinghy's floating away from the shore. The currents are too strong. We'll never get back. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. It's all my fault. Fine, thanks. <laughs> Tell me, do you think your mother's hostility rubbed off on you? No, you cow. <laughs> Look, I can quite easily leave EastEnders on the tape. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Now, we're only 10,000 feet away from the ground, so it's time to show you what you might have become if you hadn't gone and forgotten your parachute. Take as long as you like. <laughs> you might have become a brilliant professor. Really? Thank you, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen of the Institute, I give you my latest invention. The animal translator. I have already tested it on guide dogs with surprising results. Listen. Left. 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 Go left. Told you. Yeah. 
You see what you could have been? Yes, but I was forced to sell my South Sea Island to pay off my debts. Milton's Paradise Lost. I asked you not to do that, okay? Now, you were obviously one of those disturbed children. Far from it. I was quite passive, environmentally friendly even. Often during exams, I put my hand up and ask for less paper. <laughs> were you easily bullied? I don't think so. Are you sure? Yeah. Were you easily bullied? Okay, okay, was. <laughs> For example? Uh, once at school I was rushed to hospital with 80% Chinese burns. <laughs> I try not to think about school now, but the other day I went up to a fruit stall and behind it was my old maths teacher. He didn't recognise me, so can I help? I said, yeah. If apples are 30 pence a pound, <laughs> or four for 100 new pence, now he just looked at me and he said, uh, <laughs> I thought, oh no, it was PE, wasn't it? Nelson, before you go splat, would you like to see what would have happened if you had become a PE teacher? You're going to show me anyway, aren't you? Mm-hmm. What, with the voice and everything? Oh, yes. Obviously, there's a lot more to being a PE teacher than just blowing a whistle. As you can see, three years at Loughborough weren't wasted. <laughs> I teach running. Run. <laughs> I teach swimming. Swim. And a tiny little bit of geography. Jog. <laughs> I teach geography in exactly the same way I teach PE. For instance, if a child arrives without his geography textbook, I'll make him sit out the lesson in his underpants. <laughs> My job is to get the school into the Olympic diving pool and to go, no diving! <laughs> School is, of course, an equal opportunities employer. So it doesn't matter what colour you are, what language you jabber away in. Anyway, I've got the disciplinary hearing coming up soon. <laughs> what happened was, uh, I was helping this young lad with his bronze survival, and I dropped him into the vat of boiling bronze, and he didn't survive. <laughs> Right. Now, it's traditional to have a last meal, but what I've got is a little bit special. You can eat it anywhere, at any time, with anyone. OK, then. I'd like to have my last meal with the great scientist, Marie Curie. I meant a meal with someone while they were still alive. <laughs> the other day, I went to hang some spotted cubes from my car mirror, but I couldn't find them. Milton's Paradise Lost. Now, at, at what point do you think you began to grow up? Obviously, that question was written before I met you. I remember finding out that Santa Claus wasn't a real person. Really messed my O-levels up. OK, uh, let me take you back to 1976. I remember the day my voice broke. It was a cold winter's day, and I had built a snowman the day before. Then I woke up in the night, looked out the window, and he waved at me. I went into the garden. 
He took my hand and we flew high above the rooftops. <laughs> We're walking in the air. We're floating in the moonlit sky. The people far below are sleeping as we fly. <laughs> What's wrong, Mr. Snowman? Your voice is broken. That's the end of your childhood. Down we go. Mr. Snowman, you can't leave me now. Mr. Snowman, wake up. Don't leave me. Don't leave. We're in the middle of Eastern Europe, for goodness sake. <laughs> I'll get you for this. How did you survive? I walked back to England. All I had to eat was a carrot. <laughs> and two pieces of coal. We're listening to the life and loves of Milton Jones at 5,000 feet. Sorry, did I say 5,000? I meant four. <laughs> now, Milton, when you finally die, is there anyone you're going to miss? Hopefully that bloke down there with the pitchfork. <laughs> Have you ever had a lover? Yes, I've had a series of lovers. Really? Or was that cirrhosis of the liver? <laughs> oh, but before that, I had lots of girlfriends... We shared a flat in Paris, the French Quarter. <laughs> she worked in a circus with lions. Je t'aime, je t'aime. Everything about her was French, her accent, her mannerisms, her windows. <laughs> I regret that we drifted apart. The French have a word for it, chagrin. Sadly, it was not to be. That's Etra, if you remember. <laughs> then I became an actor. But all the time, deep inside, I was a frustrated waiter. <laughs> See, whenever I'm performing, I always try and put in a little bit of catering into my performance. <laughs> I was down with the RSC in Stratford recently, doing Taming of the Shoe, and interrupted Petruchio during the wedding banquet and said, uh, Everything all right? When I was a waiter, I wanted to be a TV celebrity. You know, sometimes when people came into the restaurant, I would turn into a quiz master. Good evening. Are you all ready? Um, yes, I think so. Two, four, eight. Here we go. A starter for ten. <laughs> Sorry? Who was it who ordered the Coke? Um, I, I don't know. You can confer if you like. <laughs> we don't know. Come on, come on. Nope, I'm going to have to throw it over to the other side. <laughs> oh, it might have been my coke. More specific? It was my coke. Correct. Actually, can I not have a starter and just have the beef? No, sorry, you can only have beef on the bonus. <laughs> Mind you, I'd never work in one of those American theme restaurants. If ever I go into one of those, I walk straight up to the head waiter and I say, Hello, my name is Milton, I'm your customer this evening. <laughs> when they've taken your order and they're walking away, you say, Enjoy your job. <laughs> Okay, now I have the power to grant you a last clip from any film. Oh, okay. Um, what was that one? Yeah, chosen. No, please, please don't. Ah! What was that? Driving at Miss Daisy. <laughs> 
Are you taking this seriously? Yes, I am. It's just that I seem to have mislaid the frozen water I pack my talking birds in. Milton's Paradise Lost. Stop it, stop it. We're supposed to be explaining how you ended up with no parachute over the former Yugoslavia. Sorry. Wow, those people down there look like ants. They are ants. Because you're not as high up as you thought. Don't worry, I trained to do this. The instructor shouted, go, then I jumped. But when I was in the plane, I kept falling asleep, so beforehand I had to say to the instructor, wake me up before you go, go. Um, it, it says here you went to America. Oh, yes. For a while I ran a school for the underprivileged in Detroit, Motown. Oh, that sounds worthwhile. Mm, but it was really hard to get good teachers. Yes. We've got a tape of when Sam Cooke applied to be a teacher. Right, Mr Cook, we're really looking for someone to teach a number of subjects. What makes you think you might qualify for the job? Don't know much about history. Uh-huh. Don't know much biology. Oh, oh dear. Uh, perhaps you'd better teach from the general science book. Don't know much about a science book. Uh, right, how do you feel about teaching languages? Have you ever taken French? Don't know much about the French I took. <laughs> Perhaps you'd better teach PE then. Well, I do know one and one is two. Ah, slightly overqualified. <laughs> and if this one could be with you, what a wonderful world this would be. Well, it's good you're keen. Now, I don't claim to be an A student. Obviously not. <laughs> but I'm trying to be. That's good. For maybe by being an A student, baby. I can win your love for me. I don't think that's very likely, actually. Um, look, to be honest, I don't think you're really right for us. Uh, there is one last question, though. Yeah. How exactly would you tick off a group of misbehaving boys? Well, I cha 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 cha. Perfect. Start Monday. <laughs> We're listening to the life of Milton Jones, who's about to be scraped off the ground. That reminds me. Colonel Saunders. What? A horrible mess of bones taken away in a box. <laughs> Colonel Saunders. Who was he? He's another one of my forgotten heroes from the world of cookery. You know, like Mrs. Beaton's St. Ival, Uncle Ben. <laughs> Please, use your powers to show me who he really was. OK. Milton's Heroes of Cookery, part one. Colonel Sanders was never actually in the army. He was a conscientious objector. One day, someone said to him, Stinking rotten chicken. <laughs> and that started him thinking. He invented a recipe for delicious fried chicken. But when he died, he took that successful recipe with him to the grave, forcing his restaurants to use the other one. <laughs> His body was wrapped in a white napkin and was buried in a large bucket with a fresh lemon wipe. Fascinating. Milton, you're still in midair and you're still running out of time. Right, yes. Uh, suddenly I knew that if there was one thing I had to do with my life, it was to become a soldier. Aha, uh -huh, now we're getting somewhere. I joined the United Nations Rapid Response Force. I just phoned them up and they said, Yes! <laughs> Time for a treat. I'm going to use my powers to track down any one of your relatives from the whole of history, no matter how obscure their name. What's your surname? Jones. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> OK, I think I'd like to meet 
Davy Jones, who used to be in the monkeys. <laughs> right, there he is, sitting by the fire in this old people's home. Wow. Uh, hello, are, are you Davy Jones? Yeah. <laughs> I understand when you walk down the street, you get the funniest looks from everyone you meet. Yeah. You must be very proud that sailors describe death as going down as deep as Davy Jones's locker. Is the word locker some kind of nautical slang for career? No. What's it like having enormous laughter after everything you say? Well, you'll never know, will you, pal? Are you a real monkey? Right. OK, I think we'd better stop it there. You are hopeless. No, I'm not. I could have been a professor, you know. Thank you, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen of the Institute, I've been using my animal translator on dolphins. <laughs> no, it can't be done. Yes. Yes, it would appear that dolphins are not the smiley, happy creatures we had previously assumed. Listen, this is what we hear dolphins say. This is what they are actually saying. <laughs> <laughs> Then I needed some enlightenment, so I went to a holy man in Tibet. As you may know, there are lots of holy men in Tibet and lots of people seeking their advice. So I decided to bring him a gift, perhaps a device to give him early warning of such visitors. Yes? Would you like a watchtower? <laughs> it's a present for you. My child, the Lord Buddha had no need of material gifts. Total physical denial elevated him to a higher plane of... Uh, is that shirt real Lacoste? <laughs> yeah, I just want to know who I am. My child, there is only one person who can truly answer that, and you will find him through that door. It's just a big mirror in there. Ah, <laughs> oh, I get it. The mirror, it's me! I'm the only person who can really tell me about me. Uh, no, Honey must be on his lunch break. But that's a good line, though. Can I use it? Of course you can use it, Venerable Master. Everything I own belongs to all men. Smashing! Off with the shirt. That's it. The watch, right. And those Levi 245s with a button fly. Good, yes. You know, I really do feel lighter. And colder. You must trust in my powers of wisdom and foresight. Foresight? Well, I saw you coming, didn't I? But you've got clothes on now, which makes my job a lot easier. Oh, well, naked we came into this world, and naked we leave this world. And then there's also the incident at the police station. <laughs> anyway, I tried to join the relief organisation Medicine Sans Frontier, on the basis that if things got rough, we could always play the Joker. They agreed to airlift me into the war zone. That you'd never parachuted before? No, I hadn't. Though I did have two small rodents that were trained to jump out of aeroplanes. They'd both been killed in action. Milton's Paramice Lost. <laughs> I don't suppose you gave a moment's thought to what would have happened if you'd been captured and interrogated. I'd have said, uh, this means nothing to me. Oh, Vienna. <laughs> 
So somewhere over the former Yugoslavia, the cargo hold opened. I jumped 4,000 feet, 3,000, 2,000. I pulled the cord. My cagoule tightened. <laughs> Which brings us to where we are now. My job is done. Uh, uh, no, don't go. Uh, show me some of the other things that have happened or, or could happen or whatever. I'm sure you must have some crazy moments. No, I'm definitely going. Hang on, hang on. You must have some hilarious outtakes from the vaults of history. Oh, <laughs> All right, look, here's Clint Eastwood in a hotel speaking to the maid. Go ahead, make my bed. <laughs> here's one from the archives. This is from the first date when he stood up on his hind legs. All you primates, stop chattering now. Right. Ten press-ups. Go. And we're working on being able to show one of Joseph Heller, the author of Catch-22, but we can't get sponsorship until we've got a script, and we can't get a script until we've got sponsorship. <laughs> the ground's getting a lot closer now. Yep, you're on your own now. Goodbye. Good blick. Good bleg. Good bum. Sorry, I'm not very good with goodbyes. <laughs> Do you know, suddenly, when you're about to die... All the important things of life come into focus. I was listening to some Rice Krispies the other day. <laughs> and they do actually make that noise, don't they? Snap, crackle, pop. Although not always in that order. But one's right, one's right. <laughs> I heard a snackle. <laughs> and of course it was the one time I hadn't set up the recording equipment. <laughs> So I needed a drink then, but I had too much to drink, so I couldn't drive. But I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, so I phoned up AA Relay. <laughs> they came and took me to the next pub. <laughs> and there I met my old Siamese twin, who, when we split up, made a living doing really bad impressions of me, and then went on to be an astronaut. He asked me how I felt about it all. I said, well, at first I was afraid. I was petrified. <laughs> Kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. <laughs> but I spent so many nights wondering how you did me wrong. I grew strong, learned how to get along. So you're back from outer space. <laughs> Not long now. The ground's coming up really quickly! I don't believe it. I'm alive. I've landed in a tiny snowdrift. The hat, the scarf. I told him I'd be back. From now on, I'll take more care. I'll cherish life. Now, all I have to do is get across this minefield. Not to worry, I'll use these stepping stones. That was The Very World of Milton Jones, starring Milton Jones. It also starred Alexander Armstrong and Melanie Hudson. The show was written by Milton Jones, with Dan Evans, John Holmes and Andy Hurst, and Tony Roach. The music was by Guy Jackson, and the producer was David Tyler. The programme was a positive production for the BBC.